Hi, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate nine-to-fiver turned top producing realtor and coach. It wasn't all that long ago that my husband and I quit our nine-to-fives to start our real estate business together with no experience in the industry, just a dream for a life with more freedom and flexibility and the chance to impact others along the way. But it wasn't always easy and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how that we needed to build our dream business. Fast forward through lots of work, failed attempts, and lessons learned, and you'll see what we've built today, a business that offers us more freedom and income than we ever thought possible and changes the lives of others every day. I created the Market Authority Show to enlighten the path to becoming an authority in your market. I'm here to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from Timeless Principles and today's cutting-edge strategies. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the Market Authority Show. Today, I am joined with my friend, Lindsay Mellon-Burns. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. I am excited to have you too. I promise the pleasure is all mine. Um, This is a real estate podcast, right? My audience is mostly real estate agents um, and those in adjacent industries. And we hear over and over again about how your network is your net worth. And I really was excited to chat further with you on the show because I don't know if I know anybody who's better at this kind of thing than you are. So I'm excited to kind of have this conversation with you and see how we can really work on implementing some of your proven strategies to growing our network. So thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. I think I have a good, a couple of good ones to share, but hopefully I won't let you guys down. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it will be absolutely perfect. Okay. So I want to hear about your story and go from there. So if you wouldn't mind for those of my audience who are not yet familiar with you, share a little bit about what you do, your story, and kind of where your strengths are, because you seem to me to be a very multifaceted um, professional. And I want to hear kind of from you where that all works itself out. Yeah. Um, I'll try and keep it brief. I don't want to bore everybody listening. Um, but I entered the business world working in architectural services, um, in a business development role, which had I known what business development was, I think I would have gone to college just for that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it it was pretty fun. And that was my first opportunity to really get out there in the business community and to meet more people from there, went on to work for the greater Phoenix economic council, representing the region and recruiting brand new companies to move to the state of Arizona. Some people may be cursing our name now because it seems like everybody's (laughs) moving to Arizona, Um, but which is a good thing, especially for those in the real estate world. I'm sure they love that. Um, And from there, worked in commercial real estate and now am the chief people officer. I'm not the chief people officer. I'm the chief business development and marketing officer uh, for Fenimore Craig, which is the oldest law firm in the state of Arizona. Um, And so we represent a lot of businesses. So still have the opportunity to get out there in the business community. I wear multiple different hats. I'm MC of local events, uh, actually the 2020 TEDx Scottsdale women's event, Uh, work with a number of different nonprofits and love to network with other like-minded individuals. Oh man, I'm exhausted just hearing all of that. (laughs) But what I'm kind of gathering from you is that you really are great at the developmental role, right? Like developmenting 
develop, developing personal relationships, developing professional relationships. Tell me a little bit about how those tie in for you and your specific role and where, where you do what you do best. So I love talking about this and this is actually part of my role at Fenimore Craig. So I help our attorneys with creating their business development strategies. So we actually have our own internal training and development program. One's called Elevate, the other one's Million Dollar Roadmap. Um, Both are really cool and kind of fun. And where we start with everyone is, well, one, you need to have a business plan first. Two, you need to figure out what's your unique selling proposition. Like what makes you different? What makes you stand out from the crowd? And then three, go out there and figure out who you need to be in front of in order to get you to where you want to go based on your goals and objectives. So once you have that stuff in place, then we can talk about networking. And that's what I'm really here to focus on today. So networking is you have two groups of people. You have those clients or your target audience. And then you also have multipliers, those people that can refer you to work or help you build your book of business. Mm -hmm. Both are great to have, and it's important to have that balance. But that looks different for everybody. So you have to kind of figure out and write it down on a piece of paper, look like who exactly you want to get in front of. So you may have a friend who's in the financial services industry uh, that refers you all the time. Or maybe it's the person that does your hair refers you all the time. Those are great people that are considered multipliers. Um, In the real estate space, maybe your key network would be, you know, I want to work with young professionals that are trying to buy their first house. So my target audience is anybody um, between the ages of 25 and 35 uh, that's looking in, you know, in either Scottsdale, Phoenix, or Tempe. Okay, well, that's great. So now that you have that specific target audience in that specific area, how do you get in front of them? Where are they hanging out? What are they doing? And then you can kind of work into it backwards. So there's great organizational involvement. There's great um, presentations that you can attend, um, but it's more about like just making sure you're staying in front of them and top of mind. And you can leverage that through social media, through networking. There's a number of different ways to get in front of them. I think that is part of the problem, if you ask me, because there are so many different ways that you can do this successfully. How does one find the clarity on which path to choose and the courage to actually go forward with this? So what I'm hearing from you um, are a couple of things that I love talking about is a kind of identifying the audience to begin with. I think that this is something that real estate agents in general struggle with a lot. Um, They just don't do that work of trying to figure out who they're trying to get in front of because they want to be the real estate agent for anyone. And I do think that that comes from a place of scarcity. I think that they're afraid of losing any deals because they don't know exactly what is going to get them the deals or the clients to begin with. So how do you start that process with the people that you work with in kind of like identifying exactly who they're trying to get in front of um, without excluding other opportunities, if that makes sense? You bet. Well, I think you should start with what you're passionate about first and foremost, because we have to love what we're doing and we have to love the people that we're working with. Otherwise it's not going to be fun and you won't enjoy it. So (laughs) based on that, um, you know, you could find like common interests or background. And, you know, for me, you know, when talking to other professionals, usually they can say, you know, there's a certain age demographic or there's a certain industry that I love to target. Some people are like, oh, I really love this is more commercial real estate, not residential, but in commercial real estate, they're like, I love working with the tech sector. I love working with technology companies, or I'm the go-to for insurance companies. 
Okay. Well, that's great. And people now know that that's your brand. The one thing to keep in mind is if you don't create and promote your own brand, other people will write it for you. And more more likely than not, that narrative will be wrong. So you don't want to be the the real estate agent that does everything for everyone. You want to be the one go-to like, oh my gosh, they are the expert, the go-to number one person I would definitely recommend as it relates to X, Y, and Z. I love that. That is so impactful for real estate agents. And when I work with agents that I mentor, when they, when that clicks for them, when that, when they figure that out, it really does open up so many more opportunities for them um, and different ideas and creative ways to get in front of more people. So tactically, how, once you identify that audience, what are we going to do? Are we going to just find as many meetup groups as we can, or is there a little bit of intention that we can use to kind of like an XYZ step, go forward with that? Well, what I would look at, where have you been getting your business from in the past? That's the easiest and best place to start because it's so much easier to get repeat business from previous clients than it is to go out there and build you know, more work from scratch. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, kind of figuring out where do those clients hang out? What are they doing? What are they involved with? Maybe it's you know, the parents on the PTO at the school, (laughs) or maybe it's, um, you know, the softball or kickball league that they're a part of. I mean, there's a number of different ways that you could kind of get your name and brand out there um, without being in a space that's overly competitive. If you go and hang out at just real estate events, well, your end users aren't going to be there. So it's so much harder to build your network. You want to try and find unique opportunities to get in front of end users, key decision makers, those people that can actually hire you So you don't want to be standing and hanging out with competition the majority of your time. Now it's good to network. There's always going to be opportunities where you can get some referrals from your existing network or people that also do something similar. But if you go in to those events, um, let's say you go to another real estate networking event and you're like, Hey, I am the go-to resource. I help I'm going to stick with the theme that I came up with earlier. I help young professionals with getting their first house in the Scottsdale market. If you went into a networking event and said that, that's going to be so much more memorable than, hey, I'm just another real estate agent and I help anybody. Let me know if you ever need help and if you have too much on your plate and can't take it on. But if you went in and said, nope, I can help this specific group. I help them through this process. This is what it looks like. They're going to remember you and they're more Mm -hmm. likely going to refer you that business. That is such a good point and something that I don't even think of enough because um, one thing that we talk about a lot just in my end is the need to teach your network how to refer you Um, because not everybody is going to have that knee-jerk reaction to connect right? That's just not a skill that we all have. And so being able to remove as much friction from that process as possible so that they know like exactly when your name needs to be brought up, that I'm sure is a really powerful thing for people to understand how to do. Would you agree? I totally agree. But the other thing to keep in mind is that not everybody will remember you based on that conversation. So then you have to figure out other touch points and opportunities to re-engage with them. Mm -hmm. Social media can be your best friend. So following up after that event, connect with them on social media. That's number one. I think that's a great way, but maybe you add them to your email list or you, or you put them on your calendar and you follow up with that person specifically on a quarterly basis saying, Hey, just wanted to check in as a reminder, we met at this event. Mm -hmm. Um, this is what I do. This is how I can help. If you think of anything, let me know. If not, 
happy holidays. Hope you have a wonderful new year and we'll talk soon. Um, that's all, all it takes. And there are so many times when if you just, if you just sent that one email or had that additional connection point with them, then they'll remember it and they'll actually refer you the work. However, most of the time what happens is you're qualified. You ha- there's tons of work and opportunity out there for everyone. However, in that given moment, when that person had to make a decision on who to refer or who to, who to have represent them, they forgot about you. Mm-hmm. And so then you can go back to them. I mean, how many of us have had friends that easily could have referred us to the work and they knew that we did what we did. And they're like, Oh yeah, I just hired somebody else um, to represent me on my house. I think everybody could raise their hand and say, well, yeah, of course that's happened to me. So what, and they're like, Oh my gosh, I just forgot. Don't take any offense. It's not that I didn't like you. Um, so you just have to stay top of mind, even with your close knit group of people in your network. So, I agree with this and I'm with you 100%, but there are some agents who will say, well, how much is too much? Because I don't want to come off as salesy. I don't want to spam my people. Like, how do I know how often to be reaching out to these people and staying top of mind, quote unquote? So I think there's different tiers of people, right? So there are some people where there's like a well, they're existing clients, so you need to nurture those relationships, right? So like, let's mm-hmm. say you just helped them buy a house. Well, you at least want to touch base with them quarterly. You can send them the holiday card and send them a graphic, shoot them a message. You don't have to say anything salesy, but you're staying top of mind and saying, hey, you know what? I care about you even after the transaction is over. So those are good. No matter what, you need to follow up with those people. Mm-hmm. Then you have those that are in your pipeline that you heard they may need some help. Of course, you want to make sure you're following up with them pretty regularly, but get creative with your content. You don't need to be harassing them about, hey, just wanted to see if you're ready yet because people just become exhausted by that. Yeah. So if you go in solutions oriented saying, hey, just wanted to share some insight as far as what's happening in the market. Whenever you're ready, I'm here for you. Then the next tier of people would be those that, oh, there could be something that comes out of it eventually down the road, touch, I mean, touch base with them. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's only once a year, but if you are top of mind, people will always remember that, oh, you know what? They were that person that was always there trying to reach out. I don't think, I don't think there's any great strategy out there where you're harassing people and sending them weekly emails. I just don't think that that's, I don't think that's going to be a winning strategy for anybody because you'll get They'll either um, unsubscribe from your email blast or they'll be so annoyed by you and that will tarnish your brand. And so that's probably not beneficial in the long run either. Yeah, I agree. Well, you also mentioned social media. So how does social media factor into this process for you? Well, social media is the best networking tool because it gives you the platform to network with even more people on a consistent basis. So let's say you go to a face-to-face networking event and maybe you meet five to 10 people. That's good. That's beneficial, but not quite as impactful as social media because as you build your audience and your following on social media, that's hundreds or thousands of people that now are interested in what you do. So if you stay top of mind posting consistently, you know, find your rhythm and routine. Probably, I mean, my recommendation, if you're just starting off, post once a week. But mm-hmm. as you excel and kind of pick up the momentum, I would say, you know, maybe it's every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you have different themes or things that you talk about. It shouldn't always be a sales pitch because if everything that you're sharing is sales related, your audience will turn off. But if it's more about who you are, your brand, your philosophy, your outlook, how you're helping people, the positive things, 
people will be excited to see that. I love that. Yeah, definitely. Um, more friendly, fun, providing value, not so much just selling. And I think, that, I think it's, um, honestly, I think the propensity to sell, particularly with real estate agents, it can be a little lazy if you ask me, um, because it shows me that they're not thinking of other ways they can contribute to the overall community that they're trying to post to. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, which platforms are you finding most beneficial here? Because most of my audience will know that I'm all about Instagram. However, I'm also very interested in LinkedIn and I have a feeling that that's where you're spending a lot of time. Am I right? Yeah. So my target audience is probably a little bit different than some real mm -hmm. estate agents. Um, so I would say for real estate agents, probably more so like Instagram or Facebook would be beneficial. However, let's say you are trying to get in front of those young professionals, 25 to 35, of course mm -hmm. they're on LinkedIn because they're looking for their next career opportunity. So LinkedIn is where all the business professionals, probably the people that have enough money to go and afford their next home. Um, those would be great people, um, to follow and network with. And then you could say, okay, here, here's my list of 100 prospects or people I want to stay in front of for the year. Then they get a promotion at their job or they join another board. Those are trigger points and those things will show up in the newsfeed. And then you can send them a customized message, an email, a gift package, something showing that you care. And just by showing that you care, I mean, that's how you're going to actually build a bigger book of business. Okay. I'm so glad that we're talking about this now. I hope that you're comfortable to keep going down this rabbit hole because I have some questions. So what I'm hearing here is you don't have to just do like a cold outreach on say LinkedIn. Like we can be responding to these life events that should be a cue for us to then get in front of, right? Absolutely. And that's a much better reason to reach out. So I'm not going to lie every day. I probably get, I don't know, 30 cold LinkedIn messages about, ah, expand your SEO outreach or, oh, build a new website or whatever it is. I get a sales pitch nonstop every single day. However, those people that write me a message saying, Hey, just wanted to let you know, I followed your podcast or I saw that you recently got promoted or were featured at this event. I thought that was really awesome. I would love to talk to you about X, Y, and Z. If you have time to schedule a virtual coffee or meet up face-to-face -face sometime, that feels so much better to me. And it comes from a place of like, I genuinely care. I'm not just here just to pitch you because I care about you as a person. So you can find out so much information on people based on their LinkedIn profiles. Um, because I think people are actually investing time in building out really robust profiles themselves. I love that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I'm, I'm spending a lot more time looking, right? So right, right now, I would definitely fall under the quiet lurker category on LinkedIn. But there are a lot of different opportunities to get involved because so many people do put all that information on their profile. And I've done it when I went through and finally like decided to spruce up my LinkedIn profile and make sure that it was showing the way I wanted it to show. I was interested to see how much information that you can put on there that isn't necessarily available on Instagram at a glance. Um, so right. I think that there's a lot of value there on Instagram, even Facebook, there's a little digging that is involved. Whereas LinkedIn, you just pull it up and it's everything you need to know right there. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. And even following, I mean, there's other people and other businesses on LinkedIn that probably could help you to be a better resource to your clientele. So an example being, um, 
you know, maybe you hear from the Greater Phoenix Economic Council that a brand new company is moving into the valley and they're hiring 5,000 new employees for that location in Tempe, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Well, that's your, if you're, if we're going back to the 25 to 35 representing people, young professionals in that market, then like, okay, then you could say, Hey, I want to be that go-to resource. If there's anybody that is looking to get a job at that company, I can help them. Um, or if I'm just trying to think like, even maybe there's moving companies, right? They're featured mm-hmm. on social media. Well, a lot of your clients have to move and they want to know who are some of those resources that can help them with moving from their old apartment into their first home. So maybe there's some great deals that local moving companies are offering that you could then share with your network. So you don't have to necessarily create organic content yourself. You can always just share other stuff that may be beneficial to your target audience, which helps to build your credibility mm-hmm. and, and people will then start viewing you as a go-to resource. I love that. I'm really glad that you mentioned that too, because so often I think, and I've fallen into this trap before too, you look at these as a tool just to lead generate for, you know, for prospecting. Whereas there's really so many other ways that we can leverage it to build our authority in our markets to, you know, create more value um, for, for our clients, for sure. You mentioned virtual coffees, virtual meetings. So I kind of want to ask a little bit about that because you and I have done this as well. We had our little coffee meeting a couple of weeks ago. It was so fun getting to know you a little bit more in an environment that was socially safe. We're recording this in, oh geez, November, 2020. <laughs> so things look a little different now than they did in you know 2019. Say we are trying to actively build these connections, all right? And we find a contact or a business on LinkedIn or social media, wherever. And we're like, this looks like somebody who I need to talk further, further to. Can you share a little bit about your steps to approach that person and set that meeting and then what we're trying to accomplish with that? Yeah. So just clarifying, this is somebody that they haven't met, but they're hopeful they can meet. Correct. Um, so one, I would take some of those, um, you know, tips that I'd offered earlier about, you know, finding something common ground, areas of interest, or even mutual contacts and connections that can help with, you know, making that introduction a little bit softer and smoother. Um, so that would be a good place to start. But then when asking for that meeting, you know, going from a space of not that, Hey, I just want to represent you from a real estate standpoint. Of course, no kidding. You know, you work for a real estate company more than likely people can connect the dots. <laughs> so if you could say, you know, I'm hopeful I can borrow some of your time. I'd really like to learn a little bit more about your involvement with this local board. And perhaps I can just share a little bit more about what's happening in the real estate world. If you go in with a dual ask and if you're more specific rather than being super vague, like I just want to, I just want to meet if you're open to meeting, people will probably say, eh, I'm kind of busy. I have a lot of other stuff going on. So if you go in with something like, Hey, I want to learn more about, or I know you're an industry expert about, et cetera, they're more likely to respond positively and to carve out some time. Now offering a virtual coffee meeting is a great option because there's not that same level of time commitment versus actually yeah. meeting in person. And if things are awkward, if things are vibing well, you can always cut off, cut like a virtual coffee meeting a little bit shorter. Whereas if you're in person, you know, you take time to go up and get the coffee and then you sit down you're both kind of awkward because you don't know each other yet. So, I mean, it can, there, it makes it a little bit more stressful, I think on both parties. So by offering a virtual one, I think that is a really nice way to kind of introduce yourself 
ask, ask those questions that you have and then follow up. Following up is the most important thing. So if you are meeting virtually, my new favorite tip that I'm offering for 2021 is let's say you set up that virtual coffee meeting. Well, you don't have the opportunity to buy them coffee, which you likely would have done if you were meeting in person. So you can order like Vistaprint or any of those um, printing companies. You can create customized stationery, which I think is a good first impression. Create some customized um, uh, stationery and then buy $5 Starbucks gift cards and insert those in there and say something to the effect of, I really appreciate you taking the time to meet with me for a virtual coffee meeting. Unfortunately, we weren't able to meet face-to-face where I would have bought you a coffee. So please take this gift card and enjoy a cup of coffee on me next time. They'll remember that. that. They will actually remember that. Um, and same thing with lunch meetings. You know, I've seen a lot of other professionals that have gotten super creative rather than doing an in-person lunch meeting or like trying to virtually eat lunch in front of each other, which is always kind of weird. That's um, strange. I don't know that I can commit to that. <laughs> um, some people are sending like Uber Eats gift cards, uh, which is kind of cool saying, hey, the next time we get together. But the most cost effective, which I know a lot of us in the real estate world love to be cost effective, mm-hmm. the $5 coffee um, gift cards to a local coffee shop or even Starbucks. I mean, that's always really, really well received. Yeah, that I love that. So you're meaning Vistaprint, like get your own branded stationery, have something maybe with your logo or at least your your name and title on it, um, just so that it has that really good presence when you send it with a handwritten thank you note. Yep. So cute. Um, and you're doing that after, do you ever like listen to the conversation and try to think of things more personalized? Like maybe if they say, Oh, I really love, um, you know, I really love this local flower shop or something. Would you ever go that length or is just like a $5 coffee card good enough? I, it depends on, I mean, obviously we're all in the world of like trying to do business. Right. So Mm -hmm. I, I would hesitate with just sending everybody flowers because I think you'll go broke before you know it. Um, I mean, but- if you're having a great conversation and it comes up organically and they're like, and you're talking about different local spots or different interests, um, do you need to go that length to, to set the impression to do something like super personalized um, or is like just that $5 coffee gift card blanket just good enough for everybody? Because I'm the person that's going to try to complicate everything and try to do something absolutely perfect for everybody that I meet. I think from a time and energy management standpoint, which is something that I really focus a lot of efforts on, I think you'll exhaust yourself and you'll spend so much extra time in trying to coordinate those details that it may not have the return on investment that you're looking for. Now, I do think, let's say it's somebody, one of your clients that you worked with, you just closed the deal, like you did make some money off of it at that point in time, you can show your gratitude and you've gotten to know them and spend more time with them where I do think it would be really cool if you could, you know, give them that, you know, bouquet of flowers from their favorite local flower shop or something along those lines. Got it. Okay. Cute. I love that. So let's just recap from the steps. We are showing up consistently on social media. We're keeping an eye out for different people that we could possibly connect with. When we find somebody that looks like they're going to be, you know, maybe a good fit for us professionally, we're going to reach out, set that coffee date. And then we're going back to where we kind of started just in terms of reaching out to them maybe once a quarter, even maybe once a year, if that's all is needed and just staying top of mind where we met first off, which was the social media network. Is that kind of how it feels to you? I think you nailed it. Yeah. 
I love it. So those are such good tips. And I think that that is actionable for any professional listening to this. Um, is there anything else that you foresee that is going to be super valuable or anything changing that we should be aware of in 2021 um, that you're going to be keeping an eye on or implementing on your end? I think we're going to stay virtual for a while. I think that's an unfortunate reality. And so I think now more than ever, video content will be essential to our future success because if we're not having that face-to-face contact with people and people don't have the opportunity to really get to know you and have a sense of how you present yourself and show up in the world, that's what's going to be missing. So if you can do that by creating video content, either for your email blasts or for your social media, I think that's really going to help. I could not agree with that more, although I know that has just inspired hives in about half of the people listening to this episode. Um, Well, I am so grateful that you joined us here. For those who want to learn more about you and connect further, where can they find you, Lindsay? Um, I am on basically every platform for social media, mainly LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, you can find out more about my professional development and growth opportunities with A to Z BizLink, which is A-Z-B-I-Z-L-I-N-K.com, where we do monthly trainings on a number of different topics focused on branding, well-being, culture, and team building, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you name it. So if you need help and if you're looking to take your personal or professional lives to the next level, that's definitely a great platform to look into. Um, Otherwise, my email for that platform is lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at azbizlink.com. Awesome. And I will definitely have all those details in the show notes as well. So guys, Definitely go a bit further. Check out what Lindsay has to offer. You have a ton of content on your YouTube channel and your podcast that I've been looking at, um, which I find super helpful. So you definitely practice what you preach. And I'm so grateful to have had this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Lindsay Mellenburns. She is an absolute expert in all things connecting and developing, especially when it comes to our personal and professional relationships. And I really do think that this is such an important topic for us to be aware of as we go into yet another year of virtual networking and virtual meetings and virtual consultations. Um, As Lindsay said, I, I do also agree that 2020 is going, 2021 is going to be yet another year of a lot of virtual work. Um, so the more we can begin sharpening our skills in this area and really leaning into expanding our network regardless of the circumstances that surround us, the more we are going to find that success comes easier and growth comes as well. So thank you again so much for listening. I hope that you found this helpful. And in the meantime, if you're looking for a little more help in these areas, you can check out my free social media class linked below, as well as my mentorship program where I help real estate agents across the country double, triple, sometimes even quadruple their business. So check that out if that sounds like something that you are into. Otherwise, thank you so very much for tuning in. And until next time, keep on crushing it. Thanks for tuning in. High five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. 
And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to the marketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.